This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook, Volume 2, and today is February 10th, 2024. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. Hi, I'm Andrew Cohen, and I was on the uh, WRHU from, uh, I, I passed the training class in uh, December of 99 and, and was on the station until uh, uh, March 31st of 2003, uh, three months after I, just over three months after I graduated in December of 2002. Okay. Well, well, thank you for coming back and doing another interview. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And, and I have to say from the, the various dealings on, on Facebook as I post interviews and, and say happy birthday, and I constantly see your name reaching out to people and saying nice things and liking things. And you are such an active member of the Hofstra Radio community, even though you're not you know, at the station anymore, you are, are still involved and you reach out to so many people. And, and I have to say it's, um, it's inspirational. And sometimes when I'm not getting any interviews or I'm kind of tired of doing things, I see you out there posting stuff and like, Andrew's still going, I'm going to, I'm going to book another interview. I'm going to keep going. So, so thank you for being such a supportive member and, and just a good friend to so many people. Oh, well, thank you. And I, I'm glad I can play even a very small, uh, uh, part in your this amazing uh, podcast that you've uh, put together in terms of inspiring you to uh, keep it going because it's, yeah. it's been great. It's 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 sincere because sometimes it's you know it's it's a lot of work. And before we started recording, you know, we're talking about all the other responsibilities we have in life. And I'll see you or Mark Ernay or Mike Kluger or any number of people who consistently just reach out to people and are, you know, members of the community that really draw people together. So, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's absolutely sincere and, uh, and I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 as you've heard from the many people you've talked to, the, the station means a lot to, to many people. And it's great that this podcast can kind of, uh, can kind of capture that. Mm, thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's get back to the questions. Let's talk about any positions or titles that you held as an upperclassman at the station. So I never held any official titles. I was, I was very active with the sports department, Hofstra's morning wake-up call, and the, and the Aggressive Edge uh, heavy metal show. Um, Bruce actually did approach me at one point about you know, maybe applying for, uh, for an AB role. And, uh, at the time I, you know, I was honest and upfront with him that I, that I wasn't interested. And, um, you know, in retrospect, you know, maybe I should have been more open to it. Um, but at the time I, I just didn't, I think I just didn't want the increased responsibility. Um, but as I said, as I said, in the first, uh, interview with you, we, um, I, was very slow at the very beginning to get involved with the station lower than I I should have been. And that, and that was probably part of my thinking at the time. But, um, but, you know, but overall though, I, I, um, even though I wasn't involved with any official titles, I'm, I'm very glad that I got as involved as I did at the very end of my time, uh, WRH, which we'll, you know, we'll get into later. Yeah. I mean, you, you just said you had a lot of responsibility. You were doing a lot of different things. You just didn't have a title. And I wonder if, you know, uh, some people feel like if I'm going to be sports director or airwave producer or whatever it is, that's the thing that I'm doing. And you seem to be working with many different people. Did that enter your, into your thinking at all? Yeah, I think at the time I just, I, I looked at it like, 
I don't want, you know, it's going to mean more time, more meetings, more, you know, so I was probably looking at it more from that lens and not yeah. thinking from it, and not thinking of the positives in terms of, you know, you know, the, the social aspect, obviously, you know, those meetings, while they can be long, they can also be <laughs> bonding, you know, I'm sure, you know, I've talked to people who are on the AB and EB and, you know, they, they, you know, had you know, sometimes I'm sure the meetings got intense, but they would go out after they would, you know, joke around. And, you know, so I did miss out on that. So I, I, I wasn't thinking that at the time. And and um, and and obviously just the experience that you can gain uh, being a in a managerial type role, which can, you know, conserve you in any any profession you work in. Right now, did Bruce approach you with a specific position or an idea or is it generally I think you should be on the AB and would that have been for your junior year senior year this was um no you know I I he, he approached me in classic Bruce fashion this was probably this was like my I I, I joined the station um sophomore year so mm-hmm. I was um I took the, the training class my first semester sophomore year and I was in so this would have been probably like very early on maybe you know spring semester sophomore year so I was very new to the station at that point he just in classic Bruce fashion he sees me walking on the hallway and he goes oh you know he calls me over and and just says kind of out of the blue like oh you know I think you'd be great for you know an a an a b role I don't remember if he said any specific role but he just said like would you want to apply for that and I uh-huh. At the at that moment, I just I was very I said oh, you know to be honest I I think no and I, I forget how I said it but I politely declined. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh huh. That's interesting. I wonder if you had had a little bit more time to think about it because sometimes I I know I've been offered things in my life in 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 school and in work where it's like hey do you want to do this and and when you get caught off guard it's like I, I don't have time for that and I wonder if you had a little bit more time to to ruminate on it, to think about it, if, if it would have been different. Yeah. I, I think part of it too, being at that age, you're not thinking big, big picture, you know, right. you're thinking just in terms of your, your kind of your day to day and, and your classes and your, your other responsibilities. So, you know, obviously if, if that happened today, I would take a step back. I'd maybe say, ask for more information, you, you know, but you know, that comes, obviously that comes with maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, obviously it didn't diminish, uh, your time with the station or, or the relationships that you've had since. Um, it's just curious because some people I know that in, in my own recollection, it's like, well, weren't you this, or didn't you do that job? I'm like, no, I was just around a lot. I just did a lot of this. So, so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, I think it's the people who show up day to day and pitch in when helped that when, when needed, that's, that's the important thing rather than the, the titles. But uh, it's just it's just curious that, uh, you know, someone who was so involved didn't didn't have a position. But um, I want to go back to some of the, the programs and departments that you're working with. And, and maybe if you could talk about some of the people that you were working with. So you mentioned the sports department. You mo- mentioned the morning wake up call and um, uh, working with uh, I guess it was was it Whiplash at the time. I'm sorry. My, my brain just stopped working. We you working on the metal show. Yes, ag- aggressive edge. Aggressive edge, right? Gosh, <laughs> dating myself there a little bit. That was that was back in. Whiplash is a great Metallica song. Yeah. So uh... yeah, that was that was that was the original metal show uh, that started in ninety uh, two or ninety three, and eventually became uh, the aggressive edge. But um, if you don't mind, if you want to pick one of those areas or departments, uh, who are some of the people that you worked with? 
Sure. Well, in the sports department, uh, as I mentioned in, in the first podcast, you know, I owe a lot of my involvement uh, to getting to working with them, to uh, Ralph Benarchek and um, mm-hmm. Keith Arizari, who who led the sports department during my um, junior year. And um, and that if, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have uh, gotten, in, you know, joined the joined the sports department. So I owe a lot to them. Um, I also work closely in the sports department. Um, Mike, uh, some of the names uh, that stick out: Mike Corbett, Jesse Ullman, uh Ray Alexander, Kevin Ingles, Stefano Fasulo, uh, Alyssa Boyd, Jared Greenberg, uh, who's obviously go- gone on to big things. Uh, Chris Karen, Josh Harmon, Nick Anastas, uh, Nate Bortnick, uh, Brandon Costa. Towards the end of my uh, time time there. I'm sure I left some, some people out. Yeah. Um, oh, Diane Ingalls, yeah. I forgot her. She, she, um, was also along with Brandon, you know, we're, uh, towards the very end of my time there. Um, and then, you know, aggressive edge was, um, the producers during my time there were Tammy Baco and Paul Spania, uh, and the morning show, uh, which I was also very involved with, um, uh, I did a lot of shows with Sarah Hendricks, Angela Perdos, uh, who was also the morning show producer for a lot of my time there. Um, Mike DiPetrillo, John Winthrop. Um, and also at the end of my time at WRHU, you know, um, Ed Ingalls gave me the opportunity to, to actually host some shows. I had done some co-hosting prior to that, but he let me host some shows at the very end. And um, my panelists, Interestingly, I was, you know, I had already graduated December of 02. I was already older to begin with. So I was, you know, had just turned 24. And all, all the panelists on the show were all freshmen. Oh, wow. Um, Jenny Beaudry, Brandon Costa, and Alicia Batnelli. <laughs> so that was, an, you know, that was a fun experience as well. Wow. That, what, a, what a, an impressive list of names. As, as you're running through there, I'm like, yep, I know that name. I know that name. Interviewed that one. And and, and so many people were so important to the, to the history of the station and uh, your recalls. Uh, pretty amazing. So so thank you for sharing all those names. And I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll double back uh, with some stories about them as we go through our conversation. But I want to I want to stop and take a moment and ask you to consider. Um, I'm sure there are many stories, but when you talk about your time at WRHU. Is there a story that you always tell that always comes to mind? Yeah, well, there are many. There's certainly many, but I, I, you know, one that does come to mind and it's, I think people who I know who are on the sports department, especially appreciate this. There was um, early March, 2003, you know, which was just over two months after I graduated, um, you know, but I was using that extra three months that was allowed. Uh, I was, I was assigned to do play-by-play for a Hofstra women's basketball game uh, at Towson with uh, Nate Bortnick. And it was on a Sunday afternoon. The thing is, though, that neither one of us was very experienced at, you know, setting up broadcast equipment. And obviously, that's a huge component of right. doing a, um, any, any sports broadcast, but especially on the road. Um, and so, needless to say... Um, both of us were maybe a little uneasy uh, about about this, you know, not only driving to, you know, driving three hours or so to to the Baltimore area, but, you know, just knowing that, you know, we we're going to face some challenges, you know, uh, when we get with. So, you know, but but I will say to Nate's credit, um, we got up at 530 a.m. Uh, to go there and, you know, to, to just 
in anticipation, like we might run into issues. So right, we right. want to give ourselves, you know, I forget what time the game tipped off, probably noon or maybe one, but e- either way, we want to give ourselves plenty of time. And uh, uh, I obviously, I have Kevin Ingalls to thank a lot for this because he, he was a whiz when it came to the uh, technical stuff. And he was nice enough to, prior to this broadcast, you know, he probably knew as well, like, all right, maybe, you know, you're not the best equipped for this, but he, uh, you know, he went, you know, he took some time and went over some of the basics with me and kind of got me up to speed. And, uh, and yeah, Nate and I were able to, uh, we got there plenty, you know, obviously we had plenty of time and we were able to uh, get everything in order and game went off uh, without any problems. And as far as the game itself, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was not, not uh, the best moment for Hofstra women's basketball. They actually went, there was a stretch of 15 minutes in the game in the first half where they, they went without a field goal, oh, um, no. which, uh, which Nate, um, you know, as a good, as a good color person should do, he noted that he, he spotted on, on the, on the, uh, on the, on the board in front of us that there was this long drought. So, uh, you know, so that, so that was a good, a good job by him. And, um, and it was, you know, even though, you know, Hofstra ended up getting, you know, getting blown out in the game, but it was, I have good memories of that broadcast. It was, you know, some good calls and Nate was a great color guy. And then we, after the game, we, uh, uh, Nate lived in the, uh, his dad lived in, uh, Maryland. So he met, met us and we got some pizza after the game before we headed back to Long Island. So just a great memory all around. Hmm. Yeah. There, there's so many of these, uh, sports department stories about road trips and, and, and overnights and, and, and long distance thing. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of us take it for granted that um, when we listen to a game or watch a game on TV that, you know, it's it's a relatively easy thing to pull off that you sit down and you talk about a game and that's it. But there's so much that goes into it. And, uh, you know, the preparation and, and all the, the pieces of advice and, and the things that you learn along the way. So, um, yeah, I, I, as you were telling that story, I was, I was thinking of, of, of stories from Marshall Hausfeld and Todd Ant and, and, and so many other people that went on the road and had these experiences. And I just talked to John Lane and like there, there, there's so much that goes into producing these things. And, um, thank you for, for sharing that because it's, uh, you know, like you said, the game itself, not, not memorable, but clearly the experience in doing it. That's, that's the important part. And that's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah. And I should also, I forgot to mention also as, as, con- as further context for this, maybe five weeks before this, I had done a game at Drexel uh, with Josh Harmon mm. and that game, we, we weren't as lucky. We, the game actually never went on, on as it turned out, like we, we ran into all kinds of technical issues and the game never got on air. Oh um, no. And uh, I think in that case, it was not, um, not, ne- you know, Josh, Josh, was where you know he was good with that stuff so it wasn't like i don't think it was not anything on our end i think it was something on drexel's end perhaps but yeah either way we we went all the way there i mean not that philly's philadelphia's that far but no but it's it's a it's an effort to do that and then and then knowing that this thing had happened before and now there's another possibility yeah i can i can see you being a little bit more nervous uh having a little bit more trepidation beforehand but but you pulled it off and and it's that's a story that you you always tell now in thinking about this interview or, or preparing, do any stories come to mind that you rarely get a chance to share or that you haven't thought of in a long time? Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I mean, 
you know, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's something I'll think of like, you know, after we record, (laughs) of course, but, um, I would say, you know, one thing that I, that I often forget about, but that was a a great part of my memories of WRHU was we had a tradition where, uh, after the locker room, you know, which we we recorded on Sunday nights at eight o'clock, we would watch, um, the Sopranos, uh, which was a big show at the time. And, and, this was, you know, pre-streaming and, you know, pre-DVR. So the show was on at nine o'clock every Sunday night. And, you know, when it was on and, and we would, uh, that's when locker room would finish. And so we would all go into the conference room, you know, uh, right after and watch the show. And, and then we would have, we would, we, cause we always had our, uh, we called it kind of a post-mortem that we would do right, right. after each show to kind of go over, you know, the good and the bad. And, but we would always delay that till after Sopranos when Sopranos was, was going on um that shows you what a hit show it was uh yeah you know, yep. that 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 was that was a priority <laughs> and uh but no but and we you know a lot of times we get food and it was just that was um there was a lot of things that i loved about that tradition of doing the locker room show on sundays but that was a big part of it no doubt yeah yeah that sounds like a good time and um Certainly, it's 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 such a different world now. It's not that long ago, but it's certainly different. That it was it was. I, I think the phrase that comes to mind is appointment television. That you had yes. to catch it when it was on, and especially, yeah, there might be repeats, but uh, you want to be in on the conversation the next day because people would talk about, oh, did you see this or what happened? Oh, yeah. The Sopranos was was definitely something you want to be on top of. So that's that's the timing is so interesting and cool there. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, no doubt. It was, it, it was, uh, uh, it, it's hard, it's hard to explain to, you know, the younger generation what <laughs> Those that, kids, what that yeah. feeling was like <laughs> when, a, when a show came on, you know, and it wasn't just, you know, even, you know, and back then even Thursday, um, you know, network TV was, big, yep. you know, you know, when you had Seinfeld and friends on you know, Thursday night ER, like it's just, you know, it's, it was a different world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think NBC used that appointment television that you had to be there on Thursday night to, to hear that. But yeah. And, and, and likewise with, with, you know, the sports broadcasts and, and the radio stuff, um, unless you had a cassette deck ready to go or, or maybe a CD burner, if, if you had that, if you missed it, it was gone. And it's it's such a, a, a different world now that that everybody's streaming, everybody's got you know recordings, and you can just uh, find something online. So that was that was it. Now I'm curious with with the locker room that you guys have this tradition and something to look forward to right afterwards. Did did any Sopranos storytelling make it into the locker room, or were you able <laughs> guys able to keep those worlds separate? No, yeah, I don't think so. I, I, I'm trying to remember, but no, I think I think that was, you know, it never. I don't think it ever came up on air. Like, oh, we, you know, at the end of the show, like, oh, we we got a couple minutes till the Sopranos starts. Uh, but I'm sure we were thinking <laughs> that. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, so uh, obviously, the station became very important in your life, and you're involved in all these different things. Was there ever a moment or a time where you thought? Uh, I'm not enjoying this or I want to do something else. Did you, did you ever think about stepping back from the station? I, I didn't, I didn't, but, but there was, um, you know, there, I, I, as I said before, I think there was, there was times at the beginning, especially where, where I got, where I was very slow to get going. I mean, I didn't get it. It's crazy to think about now. I didn't get announcing clear until, you know, basically 14 months into my, you know, after I, 
you know, join the station, you know, from right. the training class, which is just, it's just mind boggling to think about, but that's, you know, I think a product of putting things off. And I also lived, um, you know, I lived in Rhode Island, so I was not there in the summer. Right. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, and then I, you know, so it was just a, a combination of things, but, um, so I think maybe early on, I thought, you know, that perhaps I was never going to really do much on the station. I was just kind of, kind of, just kind of do my slot and my engineering slot and, 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 and that would be it. And, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, and again, I have Ralph, uh, Benarchuk and Keith Irizarry really to thank me for getting me to join the sports department. Cause that's what ignited my other involvement involvements mm. with the show and got me to get announced and cleared and combo cleared. And, you know, I initially, I mentioned this, I think in the first podcast, my initial, reluctance to join the sports department was because I, I love sports, but I loved it so much that I didn't want to miss going to Hofstra games or yeah. experiencing as, as a fan. And luckily we had some great teams back then. Uh, you know, men's basketball made the NCAA tournament twice. Uh, lacrosse was made the quarterfinals twice. Football was very good then as well. And I wanted to go to as many games as I could as a fan, but you know, luckily Ralph, you know, he, came up with um, ways where I could still do that, where he said, you know, well, you could come, you can be involved with the road broadcast. Uh, you know, we could have you on locker room to talk about the wrestling team. Uh, Cause I, I was, um, I was covering the wrestling team for the Chronicle. Um, actually, I, interestingly, that was, I don't think I mentioned this the first podcast. That was the first time I got on air was, I wasn't even announcing cleared yet. It was in February of, 2001 mm -hmm. and I was he had me on as a guest basically on the chronicle uh, as a chronicle reporter on the locker room talking about the wrestling team and that so that was my first time on air was uh, as a basically as a guest and uh and that spark and, and then so that was the first step and then the next step was of course getting that announcing clear and getting doing some locker room shows so it was like little little incremental steps uh, but I have him to thank for that and then Keith in his role of sports director, you know, he was in charge of doing morning show, you know, every, everyone on the sports department had to do morning show or newsline or both. Right. And he, and you know, he was, he basically kicked, you know, kicked my ass into gear and say, well, all right, you gotta, you gotta start doing a morning show once a week or you gotta start doing, you know, new. So, and I started doing that. And then, so it's like one step after another, next thing you know, you're very involved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I'd like to think, I don't know how many people were working in the sports department at the time, but I know that there's always a competition for time and for games and for, for key roles and things like that. So there's always people who want those things, but, but Ralph and Keith saw something in you and kept encouraging you and saying, even though there's people who would gladly take that spot, I'm sure, they kept pushing you and encouraging you to get involved. I think that's 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 really interesting. That's really neat that they saw something in you and, and kept on you to say, do this. We, we want you to do it. Yeah, no, I mean, Ra Ralph in particular, like I had, I had some classes with him, so I spent a lot of time and, you know, I think he, um, uh, you know, it, it, it was a different time in the sense that, um, you know, now like the sports department is, is massive, but yeah. back then actually it's kind of surprising. It was not very big. It's not, it was not a very big sports staff. And, um, so I think part of it was from Ralph's perspective was, you know, we need more, we need more people, um, okay. you know, to, to, especially because 
the morning show and the newsline slots, like especially morning show, a lot of I love doing the morning show personally, but a lot of people didn't, you know, they didn't want to get up at, you know, you know, bright and early to do, a, you know, seven to nine, uh, you know, basically we all this, all the sports, the sports guys who did took part in the morning show, you would do your sports updates every half hour. Uh, but we would also participate in the show itself, um, you know, whatever topics they were talking about. And mostly, usually it was not sports. Um, but I like that. I like because I like to, you know, talking politics or talking, you know, entertainment or other. Uh, so 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 I was always glad to like volunteer, like if somebody didn't want to wake up super early, like oh, I'll take your morning show shift. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There are people, it's not me, but there are people who don't mind uh, getting up early for that that kind of shift. So you were doing that like, what, once a week, Get do a morning show or maybe once a week do a newsline? Yes. Yeah. Once a week. Uh, I think I remember doing both. Uh, and um, but again, like I would also sometimes do it more than once, you know, if somebody you know couldn't do it for some reason or, you know, I was always glad to kind of step in, especially, you know, to to help out because I, I, I enjoyed it. Hmm. Um, I, 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 I keep going back to this idea, but, but it, it was something that was important to me to be involved in, in many different things and work in, in different formats. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to ask like, well, what's your proudest moment in sports? What's your proudest moment here? But like, is there, is there a proudest moment or biggest accomplishment about all the things that you did at Hofstra Radio? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, um, it's hard to pinpoint one, but I, if I had to pick one, though, I would say, uh, and this kind of also, uh, it, you know, if I had to also pick like kind of a defining event, you know, it would kind of fall into the same bucket, but it would basically be uh, election night 2002, hmm. um, where I anchored the national desk um, updates with Emily Tweedy. And interestingly, also, I got into a, on the, on the way to the station, uh, I got into a minor car accident. Oh, no. uh, I was exiting onto Oak Street by the Nassau Suffolk dorms, if you can picture that, taking mm-hmm. a left and didn't see one of the cars. And again, a minor, you know, no injuries or anything, but the car was, you know, very damaged. And, you know, it took a while to sort everything out in terms of, uh, you know, the other party and everything. So, Long story short, I got to the station and maybe 20 minutes later, I was supposed to go on air uh, for my Yikes. first update. And at that, you know, but I, and I had to kind of scramble. But luckily, I, I had a pretty good grasp of what the key races were, you know, nationally in the Senate and, uh, you know, some governor races. So I was able to kind of put together a kind of a very quick uh, update. Um, on the computer, printed out and, and went in, you know, the first update went off without a hitch. And then we, you know, kept doing updates throughout the night. And, um, uh, it ended up being a kind of a historic election in the sense that the, um, uh, it was a rare time where the party in the white house gained seats, uh, you know, George W. Bush at the time, and, uh, was the president and the Republicans gained seats in the house and the Senate. They took over the Senate and, uh, it was also historic for Hofstra in the sense because Norm Coleman, uh, Hofstra mm-hmm. alum, was he won the Minnesota Senate race against uh, Vice President, former Vice President Walter Mondale. So 
there was a lot to, you know, a lot of interesting uh, dynamics in play that night. And um, yeah, if I had to pick, you know, if I had to pick one moment, that would probably, or, you know, in terms of accomplishment or defining moment. Uh, oh, and, and one other actually that I'll, I'll mention also that I, um, that I just thought of actually, but it was, um, we, uh, I, at the, I mentioned it before that I hosted morning show at the very end of my time on the station. And it turned out that the first morning show that I hosted happened was in mid March of 2003. And it happened to coincide with the, uh, U S invasion of Iraq. Wow. And so it was a tough balance because, you know, morning show, as you know, it tends to be very fun and lighthearted, but I, uh, but I also, we had this really, you know, developing very serious news story going on. So I trying, I, I, but my approach was, you know, that the first half hour of the show, we would focus solely on, on Iraq and what was going on and, 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 and it'd be very serious. But then as the show went on, we gradually kind of got into more lighthearted topics. And, yeah. uh, and I, I thought it went, uh, you know, I mean, I had great panelists, uh, which helped, but I think, you know, overall I was proud of how that show went and I thought we, I thought we struck a good balance. Wow. So I think you mentioned earlier, all the people that you were working with were freshmen. They would yes. have been newly cleared people on the air with not a lot of background and experience. And and you're the, you're the literal senior person and they're following your lead. That must've been, was that nerve wracking or did you just say, this is, this is what we're doing? Yeah. You know, it's, I didn't really, I mean, to show you how impressive these three people were, like, I didn't even think of them as freshmen. They were so like, even though they were, you know, barely out of the training class, you would never know it. They were yeah. so accomplished. And, um, you know, Jenny Beaudry, she was the co-host and, um, but I, I, you know, gave her like a lot of, you know, she got, a, uh, you know, she did like a whole, like she was big into entertainment stuff. So she did like an entertainment update. So we would, I got her involved a lot, which, uh, which helped And, and, uh, it was, um, but it was great. I mean, the, all three of them were great to work with and, and, uh, I, I wish I had more than three shows with them. I mean, I had, I had, uh, co-hosted, uh, it had been in the co-host role prior to that, um, right. for the show. And Mike DiPetrello was actually the host, but, uh, but it was great to be able to host, to be the host for those three shows. And, um, and, uh, you know, and, and it was, it was good, you know, I think it was good too, to have that, those two perspectives from, you know, people very young, just starting out college to someone who had just graduated and was about to enter the professional world. Right. Right. Now, if you don't mind me asking a little bit about the minutia of putting that show together, I'm, I'm thinking that in the studio, the on-air studio at the time, it would have been sort of not, not quite a horseshoe, but sort of a, a, a rounded table area. And there's, there's a host, there's a co-host, there's a sports reporter and an entertainment reporter. Is that right? Basically, yeah, we had, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I would be behind the, uh, you know, the board. Okay. And, and then Jenny, the co-host, Jenny Beaudry would be uh, to my left. Okay. Uh, that, that was always where the co-host sat. And then we, I mean, to show you how, how long ago this was, there was a big desktop computer uh, uh -huh. that was right next to the co-host and the co-host, you know, a big part of their job was they would check online to see, you know, was there any stories that were developing or any stories that might be good to mention, you know, 
And so that would be the co-host kind of job. And, and, um, and then the, uh, yeah. And then we had, um, uh, we had, we had like a news person, which was Alicia and Brandon, uh, Costa did the sports and, and they would be sitting, you know, uh, to, to the, um, you know, right, uh, next to Jenny, you know, kind of in front of me. Um, and, uh, and it was, the show was two hours, seven to nine, but honestly it flew by. Like it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, the next thing you know, it was like, you're already like, you know, in the eight thirty hour like that, but that's how fun it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in the behind the scenes that, you know, sometimes if you're watching a band play on stage and they're kind of nodding and laughing to each other, I'm always like, what are they joke? What, like, what, what is that language there? What are they saying to each other that, that you and I in the audience maybe don't notice, but they know there's a communication. And so you are running the board, you're hosting, you're paying attention to the news, you're making these executive decisions about what's going to go on the air. And just, you know, how, how do you get that, that idea? Do you say 10 minutes before you go on, this is what I want to do? Or is this all in, in the moment where we're, we're going to shift to this? How are you making these decisions? Yeah, well, I I would, you know, I would get there very early and I would make, basically make bullet points for, for each each half hour of the show. Yeah. Like these are the topics that we're going to focus, you know, that we're going to focus on. Um, it was also, I, 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 um, I think it was that same show or it might have been the next week. Either way, it was around this around one of the shows that I hosted. Another story that developed was a, Elizabeth Smart, um, oh, yeah. missing, missing girl in um, Utah. Uh, who a lot of people had presumed was dead, all of a sudden was found. So, like for example, so I thought, all right, well, that's a that's an interesting story, national story we can focus on, and, and a good news story, you know, in, in the sense that she was found alive. Hmm. So we focused on that, and uh, you know, I would find I would find topics. Um, uh, there was another topic I think that was oh yeah, there was a, it was the same. It was around the time where. Um, the Yes Network, which broadcast the Yankee games, there was a whole dispute with them and Cablevision. Right. And um, so we touched on that. There was another topic that was big at the time, which was uh, a smoking ban uh, in restaurants that mm-hmm. was implemented by Air Bloomberg. And it's, it's, again, another sign of the times that back then it wasn't, it was, on, it was not uncommon to go to a restaurant and you'd have a smoking section and a non smoking section. Right. You know, and <laughs> you know, and, and and when Mayor Bloomberg came up with the smoking ban, and, and later NASA, and later the New York New York State did, it was considered radical. But of course, now nobody would think anything of it. But that was another big topic that we we touched on. Wow. So, so yeah, I tried to come up with good topics that would generate you know discussion, you know, back and forth. Yeah, it sounds like you had a lot of autonomy in in deciding these things. I wondered was was there any sort of mandate or like we have to do this much local news or this much New York State news or this much national news or was it was it up to you guys to decide? I, I you know Ed Ingalls was the um, you know the executive producer and he listened in and so but uh, you know so he would he would sometimes you know call in and and maybe say you know you should bring this up or whatever but for the most part he gave us complete autonomy you know to 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 pick what we wanted for topics and you know and uh uh it was and and i and and it was i mean and and that's the beauty of of wrhu is that um is that you 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 do have that you know that freedom with some limits of course but but you do have that freedom to be creative and and kind of you know make some of those executive decisions 
Yeah. Yeah, it's really impressive. Thank you for 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 getting into the into the weeds there. I I, I do appreciate it, um, and I think a lot of other people will listen and go, yeah, yeah, I can I can see that or understand that and make relationships because we are, you know, as students, as nineteen twenty year olds, in charge of a professional level radio station. We have to make these decisions. Um, but you mentioned Ed Engels, and and I always like to. Uh, take a moment and hear some stories about Ed. Were there uh, were there pieces of advice he gave you before, like starting as co-host, or was it just generally day to day listening in and and here's a little tidbit, here's a little something that you did well. Um, what was your uh, relationship with Ed like as far as that went? Well, Ed was yeah. It's funny because Ed would always his big his big thing, whether it was a sports broadcast or whether it was doing morning show. Give the time, give the, you know, yeah, give, yeah. give, you know, give, give, give the, you know, give the show that you're listening to because, you know, you never know if someone might just tune in like at that, you know, moment's notice and they don't want to know, you know, and I, it's funny because I always thought I was doing it, but clearly not enough because Ed would always remind me, <laughs> um, but he was great. And especially during those, when I graduated in December of 02 and I took that extra three months like that is when I really, um, worked with Ed a lot in terms of, you know, he came up with great ideas for me to focus on in terms of um, packages for, for morning show or newsline or, or, or locker room. And uh, cause you know, at that point I, you know, I wasn't taking classes, so I had, yeah. more, you know, much, much more freedom to, to maybe to, uh, tackle some of those. And uh and, and I, and it was, I give him credit because you, you know, back then you had to, um, if you wanted to, if you wanted to host the morning show, you, you, you had to basically get cleared for it, yeah which I never did, but to Ed's credit, he, uh, you know, and this was all him. He said, you know, I think it'd be great if you could host some morning shows before you, you know, before your time is up, which would, you know, which was obviously going to be March 31st. So he, you know, so I have him to thank for that, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. And, um. I, uh, you know, Ed, Ed is, Ed was the type who, um, the great thing about him is he, even when things went bad, I mean, there were plenty of times where I had a bad news, you know, newsline update or, you know, or slipped up on something, but he, he, you know, he never like, it was never like negative with him. It was always like, what can we do better? You know, yeah. it, he always approached it with a very pro, uh, in a very positive manner, no matter how bad it was. And, uh, you know, he just had that, he just had that way about him and, uh, on, you know, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful to have worked with Ed, but I wish, honestly, I wish I'd <laughs> like a lot of things. I wish I'd done more with him even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know he was so important to, to so many people and to the station in general. And, and those things, um, that you mentioned are things that so many people mention and that, that positivity and that support and the focus on the details and the preparation. And those, those are, those are not just radio station lessons. They're life lessons. That's, that's how you do any job. It doesn't matter if you went to radio or TV, anything that you do, you have to, if you want to be successful, you do those things. And, and it's, uh, it's clear that those lessons uh, translated to you and, and to so many others. So thank you for sharing that. It's, I, I, I love hearing stories about the man. I didn't know him, but uh, I love hearing stories. So thank you. Oh yeah, no, my pleasure. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that he was there during my time yeah. on the station. Yeah. Um, on a, on a lighthearted side, are there stories 
that always make you laugh or are there moments where you just, you can't help but chuckle or laugh? Like what, what were some of the funny things that happened during your time at the station? <laughs> oh, there were, there were many. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, especially on the screw up side, <laughs> but, um, I, um, uh, I mentioned, you know, I, on the first episode I mentioned, I think I, I mentioned the first time I did an engineering slot, which there was a lot of mistakes made, um, you know, you know, I think I made like a whole year's worth of mistakes in, the, in those two hours uh, doing an engineering and aggressive edge. But then I guess if I had to pick like a funniest one, it was probably um, this would this would have been um, in winter of 2000, it's probably February of 2000, because I, uh, you know, I graduate, I, I, I uh, finished the class, the training class in December of 99, went home, you know, to Rhode Island for winter break and then came back and the engineering slot that I had back then was um, it was a show called the parents journal that was on Saturday mornings uh-huh. at 7 a.m. Um, it was the parents journal. And then there was another show and I don't remember the name of it. It was, it was like both of them were our shows. Um, but parents journal aired from seven to eight. So that was the first show. And were you live I, engineering uh, or was that tape? It was taped, but okay. but but back then there the the station was not twenty four hours. It was right. you know it signed off at three a.m. and then it signed back on. Um, well, during the week it was five a.m., but during Saturdays and Sundays it was seven a.m. Uh-huh. And so so doing this this slot, I had to sign on the station. And I get there, and I think you know I'm following all the steps, and I think I've got everything in order and, and I, you know, press the tape and I, you know, I, I think everything's fine. And, um, then I go out into the hallway now that, uh, you know, anyone who's been to WRHU kind of knows that you can hear the, you can usually hear the station, you know, they have like, um, uh, some speakers and so you can hear what's go you know, what's going on on air. Uh-huh. And I went out to the hallway and, you know, maybe, I don't know, five, 10 minutes into what I thought was the show. And I didn't hear anything, but I, I guess I didn't think anything of it. I thought, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not on, maybe it's not turned on or whatever. Right. Luckily, uh, Ray Alexander, uh, happened to show up to the station. Uh, he was doing a uh, basketball broadcast that day. So he was there early (laughs) and he noticed there was nothing coming up. There was nothing on the air. Yeah. (laughs) And he, you know, he went in and he, uh, he fixed whatever the problem was. I don't remember what the step I missed was, but, uh, you know, it was, I think it was something simple and he went on, you know, he, he went on the air and he said, uh, you know, did the legal ID and said, you know, we now join the parents journal already in progress. And perfect. Perfect. And, yeah. and, <laughs> so, but it was meanwhile, like we had like probably, I don't know how long it was. It probably was at least a half hour of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. That I, that is my perpetual stress dream. Whenever I'm stressed out about anything, and and it makes its way into my subconscious. If I wake up, it's the stress dream of running down the hall in the basement of Memorial Hall to the on-air studio because we're 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 supposed to be on the air and there's nothing going out and 
the CD player won't work or whatever it is. That is, that is the perpetual thing. So um, it's literally the stuff of nightmares, but I'm glad you can laugh about it. I'm glad it's, it's a, it's a, it's a chuckle to remember and rather than something stressful. Yeah. And thank God Ray showed up, showed up when he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you certainly weren't the only one. There were, there are many people who struggled through that and uh, I'm sure we could spend hours recounting things like that, but, but thank you for sharing that. Um, I have a hypothetical question for you. If you were to get a call from John Mullen or Kathleen Shortis or someone at the station, so we need someone to come in and be on the air. First question is, would you do it? Second question is, if you had your choice of show, what kind of show would you want to do? Oh boy! Well, the first for the for the, for the first question, a thousand percent, I would I would do it. I, yeah. I no matter what the show was, honestly, because I there was just something about being in that station or being you know being in the studio. You know, it just, it never felt laborious. It was just, it's hard to describe, but just, it, you know, no matter how many hours I spent there, I just, I, it, it always brought some happiness. So I would, I would definitely do any show that they, that they wanted. And if I had to pick one though, that's a tough one. I mean, certainly music wise, it would be, um, the aggressive edge. Yeah. I mean, they, they do air it very late now, but I would, <laughs> you know. Um, it's different. It, it's different when you're 20, and then when you're a little closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was 11 to one when I was on the station. I think it's one to three now. But um, music-wise, that would that would align with me. Rock and Roll Oasis too. I I did uh, fill in for the Rock and Roll Oasis uh, from time to time. So I would. It would be one of those two shows if I had to pick a music show. Okay. Um, other than that, I you know certainly um, obviously sports. I mean, I'm always glad to talk sports in general, but especially Hofstra sports, um, you know, morning show. I don't know. I, you know, I loved, I loved doing morning show back then. Um, morning show might be a little, little trickier just cause it's just, it, it, you know, back then I loved talking politics, not as much now. It's just a, been, yeah. it's been a crazy decade or so. So I might <laughs> want to avoid those topics, but, <laughs> but other topics, yes. I mean, you know, it would be great, but, uh, but in general though, no, I would, I would, go back to the station in a heartbeat to help out with it, with the show if they ever needed. No. Um, I think you kind of alluded to this, but the next question is what do you miss most about your time at the station? Well, definitely the people. Um, and, 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 you know, and I alluded to it earlier, but our Sunday tradition of, for the locker room show, you know, meeting in the afternoon to prepare and, uh, and, Jared Greenberg did a great job when he became locker room producer of, he made it, he really made it like a team activity where, you know, even if you're not going to, even if you weren't going to be a panelist on the show, there was other ways you could contribute. Um, you know, what you might be doing, you know, you might do updates during the show. You might come on for a, you know, a quick sug, a segment, you know, on, you know, tracking, we called it the Dutch drill uh, uh-huh. at the time where we would update like what former Hofstra players or coaches are up to. So, you know, so he, he got a lot of people involved, even if they weren't one of the main panelists. And, and even if you weren't on air, you know, you could help out behind the scenes, put together, we call them quick sheets um, where, you know, to, to kind of prepare like the, 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 the host for, um, uh, whatever, you know, what, whatever team we were going to talk about or whatever game we were going to talk about. Um, it was just a great experience. I mean, that's just one example of, of when, of, of um, the enjoyment I got, you know, being on the station. And then, like I said, we would uh, uh, often after like 
watch The Sopranos or we would, you know, maybe get food. It was just yeah. just spending time at the station, you know, you know, just even the off-air stuff was great. I, I, sh- I also miss um, another show. I don't know if they still do it, but back then, Anarchy yep. is uh, the Sunday show, Sunday night show that they had. Um, very late. I think it was 11 to 1. And, um, and you could play any kind of music you wanted. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you really, if you were really ambitious, you could do a classic, you know, you could do a jazz song followed by a metal song. I mean, I never did that, but I, I tended to stick to, you know, classic heavy metal and hard rock, but, um, but that was always fun. And I would, uh, um, you know, Scott Mason, who, who was, uh, he was a rock and roll Oasis producer. He, uh, he would come on with me sometimes. Mike Bernstein was another, uh, uh, he he also I, I, um, he's another, another name I forgot about who also was involved with morning show with me. He would sometimes pop on because he'd be in the station anyway, and you know come on for a mic. But so that was that was always fun as well. But just there were so many great people at the station and uh, just great memories all around. Mm-hmm. If you could time travel, go back for sixty seconds and talk to a younger version of yourself at the beginning of your Hofstra experience. Is there any advice you would give yourself? Oh, no question. It would be to get involved with the station much quicker than I did. Um, I mean, I'm glad that I, I kind of made up for lost time towards the end, but whenever I talk to current students, I always tell them to, to you know, that, that they don't get this time back yeah. and that they should take advantage as best they can that, at the amazing opportunities in front of them. I mean, I, I you know, you know, WRHU and Hofstra in general is is uh, is great in the sense that you can, you know, a lot of colleges you have, um, you know, some colleges you have like a they might have a college radio station, but it's basically anybody can join it. It's not like a real right. serious thing. Yep. Then you have other schools where they have a great radio station, but a lot of it's professionals and you might not get, you know, on air until your junior year, if that. But WRHU, you can, um, you know, the world is your oyster. You can, you know, if you work hard, you can get, you can get on air right away, you freshman year, and uh, and have, you know, four years of um, of just tremendous professional opportunities, and um, you know, just man, you know, leadership opportunities if you choose so. Like, like, uh, it's just. Um, it's the facilities there are, they were, I mean, they were top notch when I was there and now they're really top notch. And so I just, I just try to, I try to urge the students when I do talk to them to just, you know, do, you know, take advantage as best you can. The time it goes quick. And uh, so, yes, no question. That is what I would, uh, that is the advice I would give myself back then. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Good advice. Um, so many of the things that you, you talked about today and in our previous conversation, they, they are clearly things that have, have stuck with you and, and, you know, the things that you learned from Ed and from Bruce and, and from so many people that the preparation, the saying yes to things, um, being involved in going to so many games and, and just, just taking the opportunities, um, that, that comes through in, in your stories and the perseverance, um, are there particular skills or other ideas that you've carried through with you and in, in, into your adult life and your professional career you wouldn't mind sharing? Sure. Well, I think early on, you know, 
at WRHU with Bruce's leadership, you know, I think I learned, you know, while there were endless opportunities available that you had to earn those opportunities. It wasn't going to be handed to you. I think the, tra- the training class set the tone for that. Um, and then, and not just that, but the steps required after, you know, to get announcing cleared, to get, you know, combo cleared. And um, I think that, that was great in the sense of, you know, just, I think preparing for the professional world that, you know, no matter what job you go to, um, you know, you, you, uh, you know, nothing's going to be handed to you. You've got to, you've got to work for it. And, and, and the sports department was really the epitome of that because yeah. people, you know, there was, um, it was a much smaller sports department back then, but there were still, we, at the same time, we did less, we broadcasted less games. Like, like now they do you know, everything. Yeah. Men's soccer, women's soccer. Back then, we, you know, the only fall sport we did was football. The only um, winter, well, we yeah, winter sports we did was uh, men's and women's basketball. We didn't do wrestling back then. Spring sports we did do more lacrosse, softball, baseball. But either way, there was, um, you know, there was less, uh, you know, limited opportunities for for a lot of these games. And the ones who worked hard were the ones, and and the ones who got rewarded. And um, so I think that sent, you know, a strong message, I think, for any, for any, you know, whatever career you do. Right. Um, and I also, you know, I learned, I learned the importance of um, preparation and professionalism, certainly under Ed, uh, but others as well, which is vital for any, any job. Um, you know, I now work in, um, in print. I've been working in print journalism since I graduated. Uh, I'm currently uh a finance reporter for Commercial Observer. I cover commercial real estate industry. You know, most of my work is involves writing, but I also will occasionally take part in some some of our podcasts. So it's great to be able to you know utilize some of those some of those skills from WRHU in the job. But you know, I would say preparation, preparation and professionalism. Those two words, I think, are the main things that I learned from WRHU that I that I carried with me today. Hmm. And and I, I think an unspoken thing throughout in all these stories is is passion and and having interest and and being open minded. Uh, again, that seems to be a through line throughout your stories and your experiences. That when you got an opportunity, you 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 know took that opportunity and you tried it and you asked questions and you learned things. And and I think that comes through um, you know in your storytelling and and hopefully. Uh, in the rest of your career that that you find something you care about and you follow through and 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 you do something with it and that's not everybody does that and it's it's clear that uh, that's that's something whether it was spoken or unspoken that that's definitely there in your stories oh thank you yes and the I guess that we got the three p's we got preparation <laughs> professionalism and passion I think that sums up wrhu to a t there you go <laughs> all right I like it and and I meant I meant to to make mention of this before. But it got kind of lost at the conversation. But you mentioned that as an undergraduate, you want to make sure to go to as many games as possible and, and see all the teams. And you still do that. You still go to games. <laughs> oh, You're yeah. still a Hofstra sports fan, which is which is great, which is amazing. Oh, yes. No, no doubt. And it's not just the, you know, the big sports. It's I go to, you know, anyone who knows me, I'm, you know, Women's soccer, men's soccer, women's lacrosse. I'm actually going to a women's lacrosse game today. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> after this interview, yeah. So I, I yeah, no, I'm 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 into you know many Hofstra 
uh, sports teams. And, it, and uh, it's, it's, um, and, 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 and just to bring it back to WRHU real quick, I think that's a, that's a great thing about another great, one of the many great things about WRHU is that the students, you know, who want to do the sports, they have a chance to, to be the main, you know, coverage of, of these, of the division, of these division one teams. And yeah. that's not the case at most schools, most schools, it's, you know, they'll have a professional who does it. And, you know, maybe you do like the secondary broadcast, but WRHU, you know, you, you are for the most part, not the main broadcast. And, uh, and there are so many great teams um, uh, to cover, uh, you know, that have, that have made, you know, big runs, you know, men's and women's soccer in particular in the last, um, the last couple of years. So uh, I, yeah, no, I, I love it. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I often connect with um, WRHU people, at these games. In fact, actually, um, this past December, a bunch of uh, WRHU alums went down to Duke when Hofstra basketball played at Duke, men's basketball played at Duke, and, uh, yeah. to experience Cameron, into Sto- Cameron Indoor Stadium, and that was, uh, that was a great experience. Could, could you talk about, uh, about that, about what it's like to be in a stadium like that? Oh, yeah. Well, it definitely lived – it certainly more than lived up to the hype. I mean, it was uh, – you know – this was everyone always hears about the Cameron crazies and yeah, yes, they were out in the fourth. And this was a, you know, a game against Hofstra. Imagine if it was a game against, you know, UNC or an ACC, you know, another ACC team like, yeah, but this was a Hofstra game, a game against Hofstra in December and it was still packed and, and the students were very engaged. And the, um, it was the, the great thing about this trip too, is in addition to the game, we got to go, um, uh, Todd Ant was actually there as well. And, and a bunch of us were able to go in to the arena, um, for the Hofstra walkthrough practice. Wow. Um, and, uh, I should also point out John Donowski, the former Hofstra men's lacrosse coach, uh, who was also a station. He was also on WRHU, uh, at the end of his time there. He, right. he greeted us and he actually was one of he helped us get into the, uh, practice. Uh, some of us, um, because it was mostly just donors there, but we were able to get in there and experience the walkthrough and then go on the court after and um, amazing, amazing memories. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And, and the names that you mentioned there and, and Todd Ant, I mean, just all around great guy and hall of famer and uh, wow, that's, that's what a great trip. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Oh yeah. No, no doubt. It was a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of WRHU bonding on that trip to say the least. And, you know, um, some people who lived in the, in the, in North Carolina, uh, area from WRHU, like, uh, Pete McCarthy and Christian Heimel, you know, they joined us for the game and, you know, we went out after. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great, uh, a great day. Wow. Very cool. Andrew, this whole experience has been Wonderful. Thank you for sharing your stories and your time, and and thank you for being such a passionate and and prominent member of the Hofstra Radio community. It's uh it's great seeing your your posts and your comments online, and uh you know at all the alumni events and station events. Thank you uh so much. This is this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you. No, and thank you, Brian, for for continuing you know this project, and uh, I very much enjoy uh, listening listening to these episodes.